communion today and our focus should be on Jesus. Every day our focus should be on Jesus. Every moment. And we should allow the Holy Spirit to move. Sarah, um, in children's church, I want you to teach some lessons on the baptism in the... I, I want you to do it, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, please. Sure. Okay, thank you. I had some questions this morning from our young people, and so I'm assigning that one to you. Um, they asked me a question, and they didn't... They looked at me like they never heard it before. We are Pentecostals. Our children should understand what the Holy Ghost is doing. Amen? We are not, as Tim said, Bapticostals. We were talking about that the other day. Too many times people... Anyway, we're not going to go there. But praise the Lord. Our time in history is... I want to talk about this morning. And my, the verse that we have up there says this. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for this message today. We thank you for what you've already have had happen here today. But Lord, I believe you want to do more. Help our folks to realize that living by the word of God and nothing else will transform their lives in a wonderful way. We'll bring the answers that they need. Lord, the world is shouting all this stupid stuff at us. And Lord, so much of it is just noise, and people grab a hold of it instead of grabbing a hold of the word because they don't quiet themselves long enough to hear your voice. Lord, there's false meditation out there today, and there's real meditation out there today. There's false hope, and there's real hope. And so, Lord, as those who believe in you, Jesus, we want that real hope all the time. So I thank you, Lord, for this message today. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your help, Holy Spirit, that I would only speak the words you would have me to say. Thank you, Lord, for giving us ears to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So quiet, unless you need it for your Bible, quiet your phones, because the sermon is a time of prayer. You know how serious Paul was? He told wives, keep your mouth shut in church until you're going home with your husband to talk to him. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Save your questions on the way home. Don't do it in church. Now, the problem in the Corinth church was the women sat on one side and the men sat on the other and they would yell across the room. Now, how ridiculous is that? The sermon is a time of prayer where you are expecting God to speak to you. But if you are talking or you're being distracted, how can you hear from God? Tune in. Stop tuning out. Amen? We are living in exciting times. We are. 
We're living in exciting times. Pay attention, please. We're on the next slide. If you can't pay attention, I'll have Sarah go do it. We're living in exciting times. Jason and I were talking about that on Wednesday. And it is exciting times. We could be the generation that sees the church raptured. We could be the generation that escorts Jesus back from glory to the earth, riding on horses with him. Did you ever think of that? Well, oh my word. If we are that generation, these millennial kids who were born into it, and these years, how blessed are they? No wonder that the, the devil attacks them so strongly to get them to not hear the truth of the gospel. And he attacks them with so many lies today. And, they don't, and the problem is the lies are coming from trusted people. My words, you just turn on the news. How much fake news do you see every day? Go on Facebook. How much fake news? They are not even letting conservative voices speak today. I thought that we lived in a country where freedom of speech was sacrosanct. But you know what? They have, we, they have lied to this generation that the majority of the generation says, I, we don't want freedom of speech because it might hurt our feelings. Well, too darn bad if we're telling you the truth, we're doing it in love. We better be doing it in love. Don't walk up to somebody with your big old Bible and smack them upside the head. Walk up and let the... You, you, you know what Paul says? You do it in love, and because you're doing it in love, you're heaping cold, hot coals of flames on their head. Now what's worse, getting slapped up by the head by the, your big old Bible because you're being mean, or you're loving them so much that the word is finally penetrating that thick skull. <laughs> I was just going to make a joke. Maybe that's why some people don't have as much hair. Because um, <laughs> God has had to get through to us more. But I'm not going to say that because the, Paul the Apostle, Paul, Paul was said to be bald too. So we're not going to go there because that's just mean. I think, he's, I think God's had to heap up coals on all of us because we can all be thick-skulled. Amen. But we're living in exciting times. However, Paul says perilous times will come. And I believe we're already there. I believe we're already there. Think about what's going on. It just seems like the world's gone mad, and, 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 and here in our country, it just seems like, oh my word. 20 years ago, we were all excited about this president, but half the country hates him. What do you mean, be excited? Well, let me put it this way. Teenagers, in the first time in a long time, can find a job. Mm -hmm. hmm. There was a time when Bill Clinton came to office, and the unemployment for teenagers was horrible, and so they were standing around getting in trouble. Unemployment for African Americans is at all-time low. 
Unemployment for women, all-time low. Unemployment for Hispanics, all-time low. Unemployment for everybody, all-time low. And let me tell you what just happened this week. This is the lowest unemployment numbers we've had in 40 years. Now, if that's something to celebrate. Now, do we appreciate everything that comes out of the president's mouth or tweets? No. Is he a human being? Yes. Is he the savior? No way. But is he trying? Yeah, but 20 years ago, we would have been celebrating this stuff. You know, the thing is, he's a Republican who, who which frustrates the, the Democrats, is he's a Republican who actually governs as a Democrat, but with Republican ideas. <laughs> do, do you know that, when, here's, here's the truth. You know what the Roosevelt family said about their own family? Teddy governed as a Democrat, and, and FDR governed like a Republican. And yet, FDR is the one who brought socialism into the country. But his own family, this is what they would say. There's something. We've got to pray for our leaders instead of them, the, getting so angry. Let's celebrate the good. Let's pray for them when they do something wrong so that we can have more peace. I'm tired of wars. Aren't you? I want to see our boys and girls brought home. But Jesus said perilous times will come. Let's see what Jesus says about it. How did Jesus describe it? I, I, instead of me talking about it, let's see how Jesus describes it. Let's go to Matthew 24. You're going to have to turn there. It's not on a slide. You better have, hopefully you brought your Bible. So if you don't have your Bible, just listen up. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 24, starting in verse 4. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Uh-oh, he's talking to Christians today. He says, don't let anybody deceive you. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will deceive many. Oh my word, we just had a situation for a young man who used to come to our church when he lived up here. And he's got this friend who's saying that he's Jesus. Don't be surprised by this stuff. It's supposed to happen before Jesus comes. Of course, the guy's best friend is John the Baptist. Okay, when he starts wearing funny clothes and eating locusts and honey, um, then talk to us. But I bet he's not. I bet he's eating steak every day and living off of every... Anyway, let's not go there. Then he says in verse 6, And you will hear of wars... And rumors of wars, isn't that what's going on? All the time, there's rumors of wars starting here and there, just this week. Oh, the United States is going to send troops, might send troops into Venezuela. Those poor people down there. If you want to see what socialism can do, look at Venezuela. Hey, if you want to see what socialism does, look at Cuba. I know the media always puts them up, but, you know, all their cars are from the 50s. Now, Al might have appreciated those cars when they were brand new in the 50s. But to be still driving the old cars today, of course, Al might say, well, we, you could actually work on them back then. Yeah. But look at, the, look at their buildings. 
Wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing about it all the time. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Now, they're talking about here, when you really look into the Greek there, he's talking about ethnic groups rising up against ethnic groups. Do we not? How many shootings have happened in Chicago? More people have died in Chicago than have died in the Iraq War. And nobody's crying about it, but it's ethnic groups against ethnic groups. And there will be famines, pestilence. Do you think that these, these Ebola plagues are there by mistake? Jesus said it was going to happen before the end. And earthquakes in various places. It's happened. It's happening all the time. Do you know how many quakes have happened on that volcano in Mexico that, over, that overlooks Mexico City? Do you know that um, in Seattle, Mount Hood has been quaking? Do you know that Mount St. Helena is quaking again? Did you know that up in um, Alaska, the big volcano up there, has been having swarms, earthquake swarms? Do you know that there's been more swarms, increasing swarms in Yellowstone, one of the largest volcanoes in the world? I'm not telling you this to get you scared. Uh-uh. That's all in God's hands. Just like, the, just like the heating and the cooling of the earth is all in God's hands, he, he controls the thermostat. <laughs> Come on. The, did, did, does anybody here know that the hole in the ozone layer has actually closed up? Why? Because the hole in the ozone layer turns out to be a natural thing that opens when it needs to and closes when it needs to. It's a, it allows the earth to breathe. Do you know one of the reasons why our temperatures have been rising? Because do you know there was a volcano that blew up in uh, um, Iceland? Remember that a few years ago that stopped all the planes from flying in Europe? Do you know what happens when a volcano blows up? It lowers the, the temperature of the earth, and then as the ash dissipates that's been in the earth and all the, all the chemicals that the, it spewed into the atmosphere, when it starts to dissipate, guess what happens? The earth warms back up where it's supposed to be. So it looks like the earth is warming when all it is is responding back, getting it where it's supposed to be after the volcano blew up. God made nature awesome. But when we look at nature outside of the lens of God and his word, then we go panicking going, oh, the world's going to come to an end because of global warming. No, the world's going to come to an end because Jesus is going to come back and clean it up. And then the earth is not going anywhere. He's just going to burn off the planet, all the junk that we've, all the pollution, all the junk. Aren't we glad? We've really messed this planet up, haven't we? Because of sin. He's just going to say, don't worry, everybody, don't worry about it. You're not going to go out there and pick trash now. I'm going to show you how an environmentalist takes care of things. He's going to light a match, whoosh, and then right in front of us, he's going to recreate all that we have, how it's supposed to be, and it's going to be prettier than ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, what does he say in verse 8? All these are the beginning of what? 
sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Hmm. You know what? They're birth pains. When a mother is going to give birth, she goes through many emotions. It's a happy event because she's finally getting that little creature out of her. <laughs> but halfway through, she usually says, I want to go home now without delivering. Just let me go home. This is too much. Oh, verse 9, we don't like. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Now, tribulation is just great pressure. They're going to try to pressure you to give up your faith. You won't. To kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Jesus said elsewhere, they're going to hate you because they first hated me. So don't be surprised. I'm letting the word speak this morning instead of me. And then many will be offended. What? Are we not, are we not living in that time? My word. Danny could just be sitting in the classroom, not even knowing she looked at somebody and they get offended. Why were you looking at me? I wasn't looking at you. Why weren't you looking at me? <laughs> and many will be offended. Just look at it. I need my safe space now. No, 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 no. That's what's happening on the college campus. It's not in our high school. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was trying to be nice. It's totally nice. Here's another, they will betray one another and will hate one another. And here's the thing, they'll hate you, for, they'll hate for no good reason and they'll betray for no good reason. I mean, just look at it. Look how they're eating their own Kate Smith. God bless America. They pulled down her statue the other day. Why? She sang two songs, and I don't even know the names of the songs, back in the 30s. She's not even alive to defend herself. She sang two songs back in the 30s. My word, if they put up a statue today of Snoop Dogg 30 years from now, we're going to have a problem with some of the lyrics he had because he calls women terrible things. But nobody's saying, pull down Snoopy. By the way, pray for Snoop Dogg. The guy's very intelligent, but he does stupid things. Pray for him, that he gets saved. Just because I mentioned him, I don't want us to be thinking I'm bashing Snoop. I'm not. But they, they attack one another. My word. Look at all the Hollywood types who get, who've been torn down, and they were supposed to be these great people. They just turn on one another, and they don't even know Why? Then, verse 11, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Hasn't that been happening? Haven't we been seeing false prophets rising up and left and right all the time and deceive? And because, oh, here's, here's the warning to us in the church. But because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Oh, my word. You know what? There's been days I don't, I turn away from the news. Billy Graham says you've got to have the Bible on one hand and you've got to check on what's happening in the world on the other. It's been hard to do. 
because you know what? I don't want my love to grow cold. But many, but many will grow cold because of the lawlessness we see. But he, but oh, I want you to know something. There's good news here, though. I don't want us just to focus on all the man. We get into all to the all this stuff, and we go, "Oh, I'm depressed now. Look at all of that." That's why I'm hoping the rapture happens before the tribulation. That's why I just want to escape all that stuff. I don't want to go through any of that stuff. My friends were there. We're going through the birth pains. I, I hear someone on TV that says we're already into the tribulation. I'm not going to make that judgment call. That's God's decision. But I know we're in the birth pains. You know, when la before, before labor happens, before the labor action, the baby is delivered, there's birth pains. You don't have to go to the hospital just yet. There's some pains going on. Any, any mamas here know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's some pains going on. And finally, you get to a point where I think we better go. And then your husband drives like a maniac to the hospital. He comes into the parking lot to get you to the door, and he spins that car around and he parks on a dime. Best parking job he's ever done. And you're going, I can't believe this. I almost didn't survive the ride. But here's the good news. Just like at the end of the, of, of the birth pains is a delivery and all of a sudden mama forgets all about it and she looks up at her husband and says, let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a moment in that time, what have you done to me? <laughs> it's hard to hold the hand of a pregnant woman because you won't have a... The bones won't be there anymore. <laughs> but look at what verse 13 says. Look at what verse 13 says. But he who endures to the end shall be what? Saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Do you know that the gospel has almost been preached to every tribe and nation of the world. There's just a few tribes it hasn't gotten to. Did you know that because of the translation of the Bible, there's some ancient languages that have been saved? Think about that. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. Go to the next slide. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready if the rapture happened today? The sad thing is, not all Christians are going to go in the rapture. What? Nobody told me that. Um, it's the truth. If you're not living for Jesus, if you haven't been keeping oil in your lamp, not all Christians are going to go. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. And he tells the story about the five foolish virgins and the five wise. And he goes on and tells these other stories. Let's be wise. Let's keep oil in our lamp. Let's keep the Spirit of God in our hearts. Let's live the Word of God. Let's not, well, 
Let's go on. Let's look at the evidence. Instead of me just talking about it, let's look at the evidence. 2 Timothy 3, 2 and 5 says, Two through five says, for many, no, go back to verse one, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Oh, where do we hear that from? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Should these things be in the Christian's life? Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Now, blaspheming is not just taking the Lord in vain, as we were taught when we were little children. Don't take the Lord's name. Blaspheming can be taking the attributes of God or the Scripture and twisting them. Disobedient to parents. Uh-oh. Hmm. Buddy can give you a Bible verse of, why, of how you're supposed to be obey, obey your parents. Unthankful, unholy. Is this not describing the world today? Verse 3 Unloving, unforgiving. Mm, that's a horror. You know, Americans used to be the most forgiving people in the world, and we've been so unforgiving. Slanders, slanders, telling lies about others. That's what that is. Without self-control. Uh-oh. Brutal. Despisers of good. Let's kill babies. Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Should this be describing any a Christian? Having a... Oh, this is the one that we say ouch on, or we should. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Oh, my word, we have that going on in our community. There's a lot of form of godliness here. But they don't live this, and they don't preach this whole counsel of God. This is why we need to be saying, I'd like to invite you to my church. I'm so glad that Karen invited her friends to church today. Look what's happened. Let's look at more evidence. Let's go to verse 6. For of this sort are those who creep into the household and make captives. Ooh, Gullible women. Loaded down with sins. Led away by various lusts. Ooh. You know what Paul said about widows? If they're under the age of 60 and they're not going about doing good, get them married so they're not meddling in everybody else's households. Because of the idleness. And you weren't a widow in the church if you had children. 
The Bible says, what are we supposed to take care of? Widows and orphans. Paul defined it as, if they have children, their children are supposed to take care of them, not the household of God. Because it's their responsibility to take care of their family. Think about that. It's those who truly have no children, nobody to care about them. Those are, those, those are the real widows. But if they're under 60, get them married again. My word, get them a man to take care of them back then. Well, I'm sorry, but back then there was few options for women, were there? I mean, you think it's bad. You think all this stuff about chauvinism to, that I hear. I go, you should have lived back in the Roman days where there was few options for women. Especially if you were poor. Verse 7. Here's another thing. And this, this speaks to all of us. And you know what? Men can be gullible too, by the way. But, but, but here's something that speaks to all of us. Always learning. Ouch. And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then he gives examples. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, now he's putting it out right there. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. The closer we get to Jesus' returning, the closer we get to the rapture, things will be revealed. Now, do you think that <clears throat> Janus and Jambres was counted amongst the people? Do you think they would have gone in the rapture? No. Our hearts have to be right. Now, that doesn't mean you're unsaved if you don't go in the rapture. You just need to get your life straightened out before Jesus comes the second time. You're just going to have to endure. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to be so motivated to tell people about Jesus, they're going to want to shut you up. <laughs> and if you die a martyr, so what? Guess where you get to go? You get to be right under the throne of grace. You get to be right in the center of everything, all the activities. You get to be right there in the throne room, and your place is right under God's seat. Not because he's sitting on you because you had a diamond. No, that's a place of honor. Can you imagine? Being right there, seeing everything. Man, hearing the full counsel of God all the time. Boy, you're going to be shouting amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible says you're going to be saying, Lord, what are you going to get that old devil? When are you going to get down there and cleanse that planet? When are you going to do it? We're rooting for you, God, because we know you win. Well, it's not a bad place to be. And then let's look at this evidence from 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Maybe you'll identify with this better. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He says to Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word. He's telling you, preach the word. <clears throat> Be ready in season and out of season. Convince. Here's the part Christians don't like. I saw it the other day. Rebuke! None of us like being rebuked. Exhort! 
heart with all long-suffering, meaning lots and lots of patience. See, this is another reason why you can't slap them upside the head with your Bible. <laughs> and teaching. Now, verse 3. See if this is not happening today. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Are we not seeing preachers who are tickling people's ears today? We have a church that told their, their confirmants, the kids in their confirmation class, the Word of God is not all the inspired by God. Only parts of it is. Not all the Bible is true. And these kids are actually, their families are a member of a different church. But because this is the cool church where the cool kids go, they let them go through confirmation at that church. And their own church doesn't believe that the whole Bible is inspired and is the truth. And somebody said to them, how can you allow your children to go over there and be taught lies? Well, that's where all the kids want to go. You know what? Our children sometimes are not old enough to make decisions for themselves. This is why the founders did not allow 16-year-olds to vote in elections. Can you imagine? All you have to do is say to a 16-year-old, you vote for me and I'll give you an Xbox. What are they going to do? They won't care. They'll just take the Xbox. <laughs> We are not to be caught unaware, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. The Lord comes as a thief in the night, listen to this, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief of the night. For when they say, peace and safety, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Those are those days of trouble. And they shall not escape. So the Lord comes as a thief of the night. But there's something important you need to see here. We've always heard that. We've always stopped there. The Lord comes as a thief of the night. We don't know when he's coming. But hold on. But you, he says in verse 4. Therefore, um, but you, brethren. Hold it, he's changing gears here. He's saying, but you, brethren. But you, Tim. But you, Jason. But you, Jeremy. You, Robin. You, Marion. <coughs> are not in darkness. Why? Because Jesus lives in you. You are not in darkness so that, that this day should overtake you as a thief. Is that not what the Word of God says there? 
You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. So he comes, he surprises the world who are outside of the faith. Right? But for those who are saved, we see it coming. We know the birth pains. We see the signs. They came to Jesus in Matthew 24. Lord, tell us what it's going to be like when you come. Now, if we weren't supposed to know, Jesus would have said, shut up. It's not for you to know. He says, no, this is what it's going to be like when the Son of Man comes. And he gives us all of 24, which is just the, the table of contents for Revelation. If you want to understand Revelation, just read Matthew 24 and then read Revelation. But you are, verse 5 says, are sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor in darkness. Therefore, let us not, what? Slumber as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunken at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as the helmet, the hope of salvation. Hallelujah. Let's get right into more of this. For God did not appoint... I love this part. You see, this is the parts that some want to skip to. This is talking to the church. For God did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is where all the pre-tribber go, because we're not supposed to go through wrath. I'm telling you, if we have to go through the first part, I'm not sh I cannot tell you boldly that the Lord's going to take us all out of here before the tribulation starts. But I know the church is never mentioned halfway through, after halfway through the tribulation. It stops being talked about until the very end of the book. Now think about that. So we can be raptured anytime between the birth pains and the middle. <laughs> because Paul says, we're not going to be able to get out of here until we know who the Antichrist is. And we first see a great falling away. Oh, that's right, I could have gone to that verse too. And we're seeing the great falling away. Look how many kids are leaving the church. Instead of staying, staying, staying persevering anyway. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. However, many people have died of martyrs, haven't they? Who died for us, Jesus, who died for us, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. That sleep there means die. Either we're awake and we're going the rapture, or we died already, and then we go in the rapture. Therefore, I love this part. All this stuff is not to scare us. Why don't churches preach on Revelation anymore? Well, it's so freaky. Freaky? Oh, it's scary. You know, I don't want to scare the people. Scary? You know what Paul says? You know why we preach on it? Verse 11, therefore comfort each other. Edify one another. Just as you are doing. All the stuff about Jesus coming again, everything in Revelation is supposed to bring us comfort. Why? Because when you see these things happening, look up, for he is coming. The day of the Lord is approaching. That should get us excited. 
Jason said to me, because we were talking about perilous times, he said, well, we're living in them already. You know what? If we're living in them already, that should motivate us to get people saved. Think about that. Motivate us. Ah, I'm so happy that Rose came down to the altar today. Oh, man, that's what it's all about. Amen. We forget that. It's, we think we just go to the church, go through the motions and have a good time, blah, blah, blah. Hear a sermon that just makes us feel good, never steps on our toes, so that we might change and become more like Jesus. You know, if the Lord is convicting you, that means he's loving you. Let me say that again. If the Lord's been convicting you, it means he loves you. Don't believe me, read your Bible. So let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready if Jesus comes today? Are you ready if the rapture happens? Have you been keeping oil in your lamp? Have you? Don't just say yes this morning. Because we all can use a little bit more oil. Have we ever asked the Lord for an oil change? Amen. Lord, put me up on the... Man, we got one person we're always asking the Lord, put her up on the rack. <laughs> Not about the rack that's... Well, she does get stretched. Maybe we need to be more specific. <laughs> Love ya. I know she's going to listen to this later. Do we ever ask the Lord just to change the oil? Give us fresh oil, fresh Holy Spirit. Do we? Don't just assume. You see, the problem with the five foolish virgins, they assumed they had enough. They weren't terrible, horrible women. Were they? Well, we just call them fools because they didn't have enough oil, because they didn't realize. And the wise one said, we can't give you of our oil because it's our oil. It's the oil that God's put in us. I can't give any oil to myself to Jeremy. Only the one who can purchase the oil for me can give me oil. And who was that? Jesus. So are you ready? But we have hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ because he died for us. And he lives in us. And because of that, we're going to be in glory with him. That's our hope. And listen, getting this oil and living this word, you can't do in your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit. You see, that's the problem with people with sanctification. They try to do it in their own strength. That's why you got to go back to the cross. What did Jesus say? It's finished. I did it all, I've cleansed you, then lay it at the cross because he already died for it. You get it? See, this is why we don't get victories half the time, is we forget we were supposed to lay it at the cross too. I was? Well, I went and gave my heart to Jesus. I thought, well, sometimes we have struggles. Jason talked about strong towers. Hmm. We take them back to the cross. And we lay in there and say, realizing Jesus already died for those things. He's the one who's given the victory. And let him fill you with his oil and his victory. 
See, the message of the cross is what we need to be about. Paul says, I know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. And he was one of the smartest people ever to live in that time. Paul, your great learning has made you mad. <laughs> Trust Jesus. Let him do a work in you. Don't assume you have enough oil. Get more from him. So as we, take if we go to take communion today, Make it your prayer that the Lord fill you up. Make it, you see, communion, we just think we're going through the motions. We take, the, we eat this bread, yum, 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 yum. We drink this cup, gulp, 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 gulp. And we got all we, no, it's a spiritual time. It's this new covenant. What is the new covenant in? In my what? Blood. Where did he shed it? On the cross. And you do this in remembrance of me until I come. Because he knows that we can't do it in ourselves. See, the message of the cross is just so, what? Awesome. And it's something that a lot of places have forgotten about. Do you know how many churches have taken down the cross? Inside and out? Because it might offend somebody? Yeah, good, let it offend. <clears throat> Maybe they'll get saved. So we're going to take communion this morning.